This is Geek Gab with your hosts, Dornall and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for, oh, I don't know. I can't see the date. No, wait. Saturday, May 22nd, 2021. That's almost more than I can count to. Wait, no, it is. I could use up all my fingers and all my toes, and I can't count to that number. Yep. That's insane. I think you could, if you used uh, binary, I think you could have used, no, maybe not. But Because binary would be worse. Binary requires more digits than decimal. That's the point of decimal. Which one of us is the computer science chat? It's called the computer scientist. Um, <laughs> you just pulling rank on me doesn't actually really work. No, that was a joke. Oh, that was a joke because because uh, because I think you're right on that. Oh, freaking YouTube! I hate YouTube. <laughs> I hate the YouTube app specifically because it's crap. Yeah. Welcome to the world of free software. And it uh, hijacks your entire operating system to where even if you want to open up a link in some other app, YouTube will take that link and steal it and uh, force you to open up that link in their shoddy app. And at some point you just wanna, you know, start screaming and never stop. Speaking of starting to scream and never stopping. Um, oh, do you want me to try? I've got a new microphone. I, I don't know if I mentioned this last time. I got I got a brand new uh, microphone for streaming. How is my sound quality? Fine. So I should start the scream now? No, you completely stepped all over my transition. Mm, but at least I didn't do it by screaming. That's true. I was going to say, speaking of starting to scream and never stopping, apparently something went wrong with one of your beloved games. Oh, yeah. We had a great uh, – thanks for the assist, John Dacre, with the with the scream and chat. Yes, I was made aware of an update to Frosthaven. That's, uh, that's the Kickstarter for Gloomhaven's sequel. Did you hear about Frosthaven? Maybe not, but we've talked a lot about Gloomhaven. Fantastic game, uh, easily the best game of uh, the year it was released. Really took the legacy game format to another level. It's a really fun game, but no game, no matter how good, can survive our current uh, woke culture. You ready for this? 
I'm assuming you're ready for this because I can't get any more audio out of you. I hope you're just talking at your iPad thinking, why isn't John commenting and laughing on my clever, brilliant responses? That's why. Yeah, Bradford Walker says they took the mask off. That's okay. Uh, Gloomhaven famously was developed by more or less one guy, Isaac Childress, over a few years. And it's it's got it's one of the most fun things I've ever played. It's got a, lot, a little few mistakes, a few game design mistakes, and and so on, but it's super fun. And he's been working on Frosthaven, and of course, with the massive success that Gloomhaven had, he actually has a budget now to hire people to help him make it. And he took a time out of his day last week while I was on vacation to tell everybody about his new hire not because it's terribly important important or anything he just felt that it was really important to let everybody know that he hired a guy to help him as a cultural consultant on his narrative which i i suppose i'll read a couple of of things all right so last month we brought james mendez hodes onto the frosthaven team to do cultural consultant work which i could not be more pleased about okay cool what's cultural consultant work you might ask hmm. looking through all the narrative of frosthaven and all, at all of the different cultures depicted within making sure everything is internally consistent cool and that it isn't co-opting any real-world terms or ideas that may be harmful to players or any real-world cultures. Okay, I guess. I mean, we don't... If, if we're going to have thinly-veiled space Nazis, then maybe, maybe they might not make them such overt space Nazis. Or gypsies, or whatever. Um... And then he goes on to flagellate himself about his mistakes in Gloomhaven, about the races he created, and even the term race. He says race is generally not even a useful delineation of peoples in our reality. And he and he goes on and so on, talking about all the mistakes he made in Gloomhaven and how he wants to make this story better and more inclusive. And he says to quote, also to just make the world building stronger and more carefully thought out for all players to enjoy. Um, if you're, if you're wondering whether this is all that bad, uh, just in case you weren't sure that he was just doing this as a pure virtue signaling exercise, he finishes off with this, paragraph, and I'm going to read this whole thing. Um, and finally, I recognize there may be some small percentage of you that will be upset by these developments. You're more than welcome to your own opinions, but voicing those opinions in the comments in a combative, disruptive, or derogatory way is not okay. That's his words, not okay. I would encourage you to simply reach out to support at sophilafair.com and request a full refund if you feel strongly enough about it. We've already done that for a couple of people who didn't think Black Lives Matter, and we'd be happy to do it again for people who don't think board games should be a safe space for everyone. I'm pretty sure that's actually a lie. 
Which part is a lie? Welcome back. When he way. says, oh, yeah. You, uh, we've already done that for people who didn't think that Black Lives Mattered. Possibly. I'm pretty sure that's a lie. I mean, he may have he, issued refunds already. I'm not saying that's a lie, but he's attributing that to a cause that I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's not true. Uh, it, just what's really impressive to me the way he 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 slays two of 2020's biggest straw men in a single sentence. So if. Uh, the, the straw man of, of black lives don't matter and the straw man of board games aren't a safe space for everyone. What can I say? I, we've been gamers all our lives. The table has always been a place for anybody who wants to play. Either they come along and get along or they don't. Um, we get together for the joy of the game. And it's, it's always been the same. Actually, the biggest problem... The biggest problem I've had with gamers is they let people come and play who they probably shouldn't. Yeah. They put up with the stereotypical socially awkward gamer. Yeah. Psychopaths. Like, you know, I, I, yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. The, the stereotypical socially awkward gamer, you know, they let, they let anybody in and soon they're being abused and, and uh, pushed around by, yeah, I think so. Sociopaths or psychopaths. So, so I yeah I don't know. Good good news if you if this turns you off I I want to I want to make I want to make something clear to Clay. He lost me at inclusive. I don't think he used inclusive in the thing. That was my word. My apologies. Yeah, he didn't. I I didn't read the whole. Uh, I don't mean misrepresent. Isaac Childress here. I, I didn't read the whole post, but uh, the same thing's happening in all kinds of gaming. Uh, my favorite collectible card game did the same thing. The uh, the fans, the fan company who runs the game now, it's it is a bunch of uh, leftists, a bunch of death cultists. Um, I know them personally. Played with them. Um, outside of the death cult behavior, they're uh, good guys. Um, with with few exceptions, and uh, they did the same thing. With Vampire they uh, they retired a bunch of old cards. I mean, they were terrible cards, but they got rid of all the Ravnos references to gypsies and 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 the Rome the Roma, right? Just sort of, but they well, they weren't quiet about it. They were like, "Hey, we're banning all these cards, and we're not printing any more of these cards for this reason, right?" And this is the same thing here, like. If I, if you've played Gloomhaven, you know darn well that if you care about the writing, that you need to hire a guy to help you with the next one. Like, I don't fault him for trying to hire people to help him out with his thing. Uh, what's grading is the showmanship of it all. He, he didn't just hire a guy to help him out. He wanted to make sure everybody who follows the project knows about it, knows why, so that he can get his good boy points. It's that kind of virtue signaling that drives me nuts. It's that kind of virtue signaling that makes me want to go and do the opposite. Right. You know, if I, I'm a tiny piece of the big project 
is a Victorian city, and it makes me want to stick. It's not doesn't make me want to. I'm going to be sticking gypsies in there and calling them gypsies. It makes me want to stick a, you know, a little note somewhere saying, um, "This author has thoroughly absorbed from uh, many virtue signals the fact that gypsies is considered." by overly sensitive people to be some kind of anathema and that they will lecture you ad nauseum if you use it in your gamer story and i just want to say that virtue virtue signaling uh, makes me angry because i'm cantankerous and oh there's another word is there another um, word i'm pretty sure once you say cantankerous you've hit the pinnacle like, that's it. That's the word. No, no, no. There, there is literally a word for people who uh, act the opposite way from what they're told. If you tell them something to do, you try to order them to do something, they will deliberately um, go and do the opposite. Um, uh, you might be thinking contrary. And I, right now, I'm just remembering contrary. That's the word. It's not in yeah. much use in modern times, but it used to be very common in the 1800s. You're contrary. Yeah, hat tip to Matthew Martin in chat. Thanks, man. That, that was the assist. I would have said that. Um, and, and, a, and a person who does that is also known as an iconoclast, right? Yes. So, yeah, I am contrary. I have a very contrary nature. Um, and just getting told all this all the time by people who also assume that they're morally superior to me because of it, it just makes me want to, you know, do the do what I'm supposed to do. The opposite is what it actually makes me want to do. And then spit in their eye by pointing out that I'm doing the opposite. That I know, I know full well what they want to do. This is not unconscious racism. This is not me having grown up in uh, an old culture because I'm an old man. No, no. This is me knowing what they want me to do and deliberately not doing it just to get up in their eye. Yes. Just Art. to frustrate them and make them mad. And, and they know it's uh, happening too. They're they're not completely oblivious to human nature. But what I really want to do—that's what it makes me want to do. But what I really need to do is just do the thing I'm going to do anyway because it's right for the project. And uh, that's kind of hard when culture is constantly pushing you in one direction and i constantly want to go opposite just to make the point that they can't tell me what to do that they're not the boss of me and all that that's why i'm glad i've got twitters because twitter is the place where i can get out all of my you're not the boss of me impulses and then the project is where i can just create what i need to create to make it great and then not have to worry about uh uh, distorting everything because the point of the project is not to be it is not the point of the project to be an anti-SJW you know setting it, it's 
the point of it is to make something awesome for players and readers. It's to make something great. Uh, and by constantly going around and reacting against what everybody else is doing that I think is wrong, I'm not going to make something great. I'm just going to make a, a mirror image or a reverse image, a negative, a photo negative of, of what they're doing. And that's not going to be any good either. That doesn't take creativity, you know, that just cr takes being contrary. Um, and I've actually spent a lot of my life working hard to not be reflexively contrary. <laughs> but my Victorian setting is going to have gypsies because Victorian England had gypsies. <laughs> so does modern Europe. Uh, and they get called gypsies. So I'm going to use that term not because, not just because uh, people freak out so they can virtue signal, but because that's the reality of the world we live in. Amen. I'm done ranting now. And that's about enough. I, I could go, I could go over all of the, you know, the, the technical and, and design problems in Gloomhaven and Frosthaven. Um, um, so if the, if the creator's a tool, maybe you don't support them. If, if you really liked Gloomhaven and you want to play Frosthaven, this isn't going to change your mind. And if you're doing your own thing for, for Pete's sake, do it for the love of what you're doing and to create what you want. As you said, TW, don't, don't try to use your project or your passion as a platform to show off your moral superiority. Don't use it as a platform for other people's ideas. Do it right. I'm also done ranting. <laughs> so I do want to mention one more thing. Um, you know my uh, collection uh, so let me back up um, as part of the big huge project doing research for it I have cast my net wide in watching movies watching TV shows uh, reading books heavily in the beginning not so much when I got real sick and then I've been reading more and more recently. Um, and again, this is a process that took, that has been going on for a very long time. Um, and has been restarted again and again as, as certain things have come to fruition and I realize that that's not what I need to do or want to do. Those main projects has, has dropped off and I've just taken what's good from them and taken those forward. So this whole thing has been going on for a very long time. One of the things I've also been doing is gathering art and pictures. Um, because if you get a random picture and you don't know what the artist is wanting in that picture, you don't know what they're thinking of, but it inspires your imagination to think of something completely different. That's really cool. 
Well, I've been working on spaceships, specifically trying to get a hold on scale of spaceships and what kind of spaceships there are and what roles, uh, especially in combat, what roles specific spaceships play. Like uh, in combat, what, what is the difference between different starships? Uh, or different starfighters. Um, and I, I could go for iconic, like the A-Wing from, or the TIE Interceptor from Star Wars versus, say, the Colonial Viper or the Cylon Raider from Battlestar Galactica uh, versus uh, something like the original Enterprise from the TV series or the original Battlestar Galactica, you know, what are their roles in combat? What are intermediate ships like, uh, like say a Y-Wing or whatever? And as I've been working through these, I found that it wasn't enough to look at pictures. I needed 3D models to help me work through some things in my brain. So uh, at the end of March, I ordered some 3D models of starships from a place called Eagle Moss Collectibles that I ran across because they're going to be releasing uh, starship models from Space 1999. You know, the Eagle Lander. Um, for those of you who are of the age to have seen the show, you will know what I'm talking about. Um, and that's coming out in the beginning of June. It's available for pre-order. Eagle Moss, just do a search for that, and you can see they have an insane number of Star Trek ships, uh, a bunch of Battlestar Galactica ships, and... Um, you know, they're not licensed to do Star Wars. They don't have anything Star Wars. But um, I just set them up on stands, and I look at them every now and then and like the pictures, like the books, like the TV shows and movies. They've been helping my mind get a grasp on these kind of concepts so I can work my way through um, putting together science fiction, the science fiction setting and what I want starships to be. Uh, so I've got from the original TV show, I've got a Cylon Raider and a Colonial Viper from, um, Star Trek. I've got the brand new Enterprise E from Nemesis and Insurrection. Um, and I've got one squadron of airplanes from Crimson Skies, the 20-year-old miniature uh, role-playing game or miniature combat game by Wiz Kids with the dials on the bottom. Um, I've got a Chinese-made uh, Scorpion VTOL flyer from Avatar. Because when I saw it, I realized I'd been thinking of something very, very similar for another part of the big project. And then from 
Hasbro, I've got a die-cast A-Wing model. And from the uh, X-Wing miniatures space combat game, I've got a TIE Interceptor and the Millennium Falcon because I couldn't find those in die-cast. So they're very cheap, easily damaged plastic, uh, which hasn't been damaged yet. But I've got a nice small collection, and they're three-dimensional versions of the pictures. And it's all for research but i remembered my love of the colonial viper from the original series i just loved those starships also the buck rogers one but i can't find a model of buck rogers for love or money uh anywhere for any reason for any price so and apparently it's also really hard to find uh a reasonably priced Veritech Fighter One Valkyrie. Uh, everyone I found is a Japanese import, and it uh, costs lots of money. I'm actually looking for the Jet Fighter Jet Fire Transformer, but apparently that was only made in the '80s and has yet to be reissued. And it's even more expensive. It goes for upwards. Uh, I've seen somebody asking for like $3,500 for one. Um, that's just insane. So that, you know, if you're wondering what I'm doing for the big project, that's what I'm doing right now. All right. Allow me to be glib for a moment. Uh, sounds like you're playing with toys for your project. No, because mostly they just sit there on their stands and I look at them and think about things. That's great. Uh, it's great to have that kind of inspiration. Uh, back, it's, it's sounding old now, but we used to have inspiration like that before the nonstop stimulation of uh, video games and the internet. And old folks tell me that it was the same before television. Did you know there was a time before TV? I yes, I've heard of that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I the whole world was black and white back then. <laughs> Thank you, Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> oh, you got that reference. You rock. Oh. <laughs> uh, see, now you got me into nostalgia mode because. Calvin and Hobbes leads you to his dad and how his dad was teasing him, but, you know, how much he loved him, which leads me back to my own post from Twitter yesterday. In combination with these models in front of me, I might as well say it. When I was growing up, my family didn't have a lot of money. But my dad, looking back on how I grew up, my dad bought me an amazing number of toys and i don't know how he did it for christmas and for my birthday he bought me an amazing number of toys and i just i'm astonished looking back uh that he spent so much or sacrificed so much to ensure that his son uh, had toys that his son loved. Uh, he bought me uh, the toy Cylon Raider and the toy Viper 
that were out in the late 70s. He bought me toys from the $6 million man, including the doll and the space probe. He bought me a bunch of Transformers, including Jetfire. He bought me a bunch of G.I. Joe stuff, including the airplane and the aircraft carrier that he got at a used at a Goodwill store, whatever the local equivalent in Kentucky was. Uh, I mean, I, there were always toys I wanted because I would look in the JCPenney or Sears catalog or whatever. But my dad always... I never had every single toy I ever thought I wanted, but I always had more toys than I could even imagine how he got them today looking back. So I had a great dad. Uh, I love my dad so much. He is a, an incredible role model. So thank you for dragging me back to Calvin and Hobbes. <laughs> to remind me of that post. That's really nice to hear. So, and it, it, yeah. I was going to so do the other thing. I was going to ask, uh, how was your last couple weeks? Well, the place I'm at, I don't have my Xbox. So there are a lot of games that I can't play and I can't finish and I can't review. <laughs> like Resident Evil The Village. I haven't even seen it. I have no idea what's it like. Wait, wait, wait. Is that, uh, is that a Resident Evil M. Night Shyamalan crossover? No, it's, it's, it's the one with the busty chick apparently everyone loves because she's busty. And also pale and evil and dresses in 1920s clothing. She's a I vampire. I haven't kept up with the Risen Evil lore since the PlayStation. I've, I've bought most of the Risen Evil stuff. I mean, except for the really obviously crappy stuff like Operation Umbrella or whatever that was. Um, but you know, I got Resident Evil 8, I got the remake of Resident Evil 2, which was phenomenal. I love that. Got the remake of Resident Evil 3, which uh was so crappy it made me want to hurl things at the people who made it. Um, and I would have bought this and played this and reviewed this already, except you know, I don't have my Xbox. So what I did was uh, I have a TV in this place in my room. Uh, and with the same money that I got to buy these collectibles, these die cast models of starships, I also bought a 4K Apple TV box. It's kind of like a Roku box or one of those other boxes, but it it's an Apple TV. Uh, so I can get all my stuff through it. I got all my Disney stuff through it. 
which is how I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I get all my HBO stuff through it, which is how I watched King Kong versus Godzilla, uh, and also Godzilla King of the Monsters, and also the HBO miniseries I just finished watching, which we should review next week, or I at least should review next week. Um, my Netflix stuff, uh, I'm watching The Magicians. When I'm done with that, with the series today, I'll probably do a re... I should be writing these down so I remember to review them when I've got time. I'm not writing um, any of this. <laughs> I got to... Uh, because I bought an Apple TV, I got a free three-month subscription to Apple Arcade, which is all you can eat, about 130 games, which are the best of the best of the Apple uh, iOS, uh, tvOS gaming market. So, I downloaded a game called Star Trek Legends. Actually, I downloaded a lot of games and played a bunch of them. Didn't like some of them. Really, really liked some others. Um, let's see what I've got that I really, really liked. Oh, that's right. None of them are on my phone. They're all on my iPad. You mentioned Star Trek yeah. Legends? Well, when you... Star Trek Legends, yeah. Star Trek Legends, because it comes free with... You, you can download any and all of these games for free if you have an Apple Arcade subscription. So any of the 130 games you can download and play as much as you want or as little as you want, so long as you've still got your subscription. So it's kind of like, you know, PlayStation service that does the same thing or... Microsoft service that does the same thing. Um, and I have the Microsoft service too, uh, even though I don't use it all that much. Um, but basically, um, Star Trek Legends is kind of like, and I didn't discover this until later. Uh, it's kind of like one of those mobile games that exists solely to get you addicted into sucking money off of you. Um, oh, free-to-play RPGs? Yeah, except you can't actually pay any money into this one. They don't allow you to make micropayments. <laughs> it's got all the same basic mechanics, exactly the same basic mechanics. And, and I'll tell you how I know this in a sec. Um, but you can't actually pay for anything. You just have various different activities you can engage in to give you the currency, and then you can use the currency to do other stuff. 
So it is very grindy because you have to grind to get the currency and you have to use the currency to do things or to buy things to level up your characters. But so it's it's a typical it typical time money away. It's a typical time sink that has that alternate currency, but they haven't put in a system for you to pay pay money for it, right? Pay, pay money for it. Um, like that's the only thing they're missing is just a real money store. Yes. So I'm assuming that at some point, if they ever leave the Apple Arcade or release a version outside the Apple Arcade or release another game that's exactly the same except it's this exact same mechanics but it's got a different you know theme to it like a zombie theme or a Wild West theme or Mafia these are all like popular themes for games like this uh, zombies are the most popular in case you're wondering <laughs> Zombies and space battles. I, I'm just reporting what I found out in the last uh, four weeks or so. Um, if they release this game but with a different theme, that they'll stick a store in so you can just buy some of this stuff directly for stupid amounts of money. Just, oh, that's so, they've uh, got a old school Final Fantasy combat system where you're lined up in groups. Uh, you have four characters that you can take on missions. And uh, sometimes with some characters, they rush forward and make attacks uh, only instead of top and bottom, like in uh, Final Fantasy, it's uh, four on left, four on right. Uh, the heroes or your characters are always on the left. Um, some have, you know, ray guns, this being Star Trek. Um, and you have special moves that are not just attacks. You have healing. Um Buffs, debuffs. Uh, you can level a up. Star Trek theme? You what? In a Star Trek game, there's JRPG style combat. Yeah, that's really strange. Um. So it's it's actually a, a fun game to play. The grindy bits are not so great in and of themselves, but you have little adventures your characters go through. It's not just combat for grind, sake of grind. There's little adventures and little stories. You have nemesis who show up that you have to defeat. And you get hero characters. You know, characters come in order of, like, common, uh, uncommon, rare, master. Um, you know, it's the, the system pioneered by, I think, Diablo. Uh, 
mm-hmm. way back in the day that everybody uses. Right. Yeah, the rarity. So monsters. yeah, it's not a bad game. It's a fun game, and like I said, I just talked all over you, and you just talked all over me. What's up? Huh? Oh yeah, I was just I was agreeing. Yeah, the the old Diablo style rarity of monsters, rarity of items. Yeah. Um, I, I I wanted to know because it sounds like they just took proven tried and true game design concepts and made a Star Wars or sorry Star Trek forgive me uh, Star Trek skinned game out of those well known mechanics are the the game elements executed well you said it was fun so are they executed well yeah there's enough different things for you to do to keep it entertaining uh, and what about PvP, the, what about Go ahead. There's PvP. Uh, if you want to take, you know, your highest leveled characters and go out and fight with other people, your party versus their party, there's PvE. There's uh, global events where you go through a series of fights, and if you earn so many points, you uh, there's rewards for them, uh, including access to really rare characters if you get through the whole thing in, you know, like the six days of the event or whatever. Uh, They're doing everything they can to try and keep your interest in playing the game. Mm Mm-hmm. Question, as far as all those other characters go, can you choose between Beard Riker and Clean Shaven Riker? No. Okay. Only Beard Riker then? Yes. <laughs> He's got a great attack. He's got... Of course he does. He's, He's Riker. got an attack that hits everybody on the board. All the bad guys. Riker's attack hits everybody. Nice. Instead of just shooting at one target. His special attack. Takes a couple rounds to warm up, but when it gets warm, you get to shoot everybody. So the job of all the people who act before Riker is to buff him up so he does more damage or to shoot away the any cover the enemies have so everybody takes the hit (laughs) love it and then you spend all your initial experience maxing out that skill so it does the most damage you can a Riker center he's your superstar at the beginning of the game that's awesome Um, so they all these the story is set in the nexus you are just cutting in and out. Yeah, I, th- I think we've got some technical difficulties on uh, with the delay here. Sorry about that. Oh. Um, you, sound, you sound just fine, so it must be me. Well, let's go on to the next thing. It's a zombie pay-to-win game. MMO. Strategy. They like to call them strategy games. 
So if you're in the mood for a real strategy game, like a real-time strategy game, and you're searching for them on iOS, beware or be aware, both of those, I mean both of those words, that what you're going to run into is pay-to-win MMO addiction boxes. You're not going to find a Command and Conquer clone. Mm-hmm. Or a StarCraft clone. Because strategy means screw you, pay me if you want to play this game. So you've got a zombie game that you've crossed with a match three playstyle. What do you call your game? Uh, Something with the word zombie in the title, of course. Sure. Or Z, or dead, or, you know, blood, or whatever. Or survival, or something. Yeah. Yeah, this game is called Puzzles and Survival. Puzzles and Survival. Yeah, you sure as heck don't call it Hello Kitty's Post-Apocalyptic Nightmare. It just... I would Puzzles play the hell out of Hello post-apocalyptic wasteland. That would be funny. <laughs> um, so, the template, the game mechanical template for Puzzles and Survival, I have to believe that somebody developed a generic software kit for developing these games. And this is not a joke. This is not me being snarky or sarcastic. I'm being perfectly straightforward with you. I have to believe somebody developed a kit for this because all of the other games that I either ran across accidentally or I decided to stick with have the same resources, wood, metal, food, um, some kind of energy in diamonds. uh, And usually using the same graphics, the same exact icons and the same mechanics. They have pictures of their bases that are the same. Their bases all start off with a blue glowing force field that says, you're too low level to engage in combat. You don't know how to do it anyway. You don't have any troops. So we'll give you this blue shield that means high-level players can't just come along and burn your base down every day and steal all your stuff. It's not different much. Um, I don't know if you ever saw those ads on Twitter 
where you would have treasure in one room and like lava in another and water in another and a monster. And you would have to pull the pins out to in the right order to neutralize the threats so the hero could get the treasure. Yeah, I've seen this. Well, one game I accidentally downloaded last night represented itself as being that game. Just a lot of levels of those puzzles, which I wanted to play because I thought, uh, well, I might as well see if it's any good. Sure. But in actuality, once you start the game, it's puzzles in Survivor exactly with the match three or candy crush because you know how to play candy crush you drag three in a row and they disappear and you get points yep if you drag four in a row you get a special one if you drag five in a row you get a bomb that blows up all that corner color that was the playing puzzles part of puzzle and survivor but you also had bases you could build up with buildings and troops you put together to go hunt down zombies in the overworld and all kinds of stuff. This game replaced all of that with fantasy monsters and training fantasy troops and building fantasy skinned cities instead of zombie survival skin cities and the puzzles instead of being candy crust match three were the pin things but you didn't get to play those very much because you had to level up your main base in order to open up to the next puzzle oh good grief see what i found about these games yeah i know right is that in order to actually play the game, you have to pay money because they do their level best to both keep you playing at a regular interval, but also keep that regular interval so long apart that it's boring so that you always have to be thinking about the game wanting to actually get in to play it but not be able to for like 24 hours so it's like there's an appointment 24 hours in the future where you get to open up the game and furiously tap on all the things you need to do and maybe even get to do a puzzle or two of actual gameplay in between the chore of tapping on a bunch of stuff, saying, yes, I'm glad this building is finished. Start building this one. Oh, yes, I'm glad these soldiers are trained. Let's send them out into the overworld to kill this monster. You know, oh, let me go into the PvP arena to try and raise my uh, level and, and try and get some loot so I can afford this next building. Oh, I've done everything I can right now. 
my buildings won't be built in 24 hours, my soldiers won't be trained, and they're off getting resources anyway, I'm done. I literally can't do anything else right now unless I spend money. Oh, wow. I didn't really realize the state of mobile games, of modern games, had gotten that bad. Um, and this is what EA and Activision and all these other people are trying to bring to the desktop. It's horrible. I mean, when they start you off, they give you some mechanic to make things go fast, right? Because it's, quote-unquote, the tutorial. Mm-hmm. And I would say that Puzzles in Survival has, at its core, very, very solid game design. That it could make for a very fun game. If you hadn't stuck in the real money store, and then instead of the fun mechanics that are there, that have been rejiggered to drive you to purchase things from the real money store if they had just left them as fun mechanics it would be a pretty cool game oh and one other thing you should know when you see commercials for these games on twitter or other places they lie they always lie everything in the trailer that it actually says Everything in the trailer or ad that it implies by what it actually says are lies. It will show you gameplay that does not exist in the game. That doesn't even kind of exist in the game. One of the games I was playing was... Uh, State of Survival, The Walking Dead. Okay, it shows you running away from zombies and shooting them. Implying that you've got a third-person action-adventure kind of game going on. You do not. Ever. There is never, not ever, not once in the entire game... Or you ever do anything like that. Wow. That is not what the game is about. If you go to the commercials for Puzzle and Survival, it will show you having to do something under a time pressure, having to solve one of these match three puzzles, and that lets you do something in the world before the zombies get to you and eat you. That could be a fun mechanic. That could be an exciting mechanic to actually have to solve a puzzle under time pressure to get away from zombies or to open a door or to pick up a gun off the ground so you can shoot or whatever. That could be an awesome mechanic for set-piece adventures like Star Trek Legends had. That appears in the game for a very, very short period of time at the very, very beginning, and then you never, ever, 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 ever see it again. 
Um, State of Survival's commercial, the new one I saw yesterday, shows you making a moral choice to save or not save a fellow survivor. And when it turns out that gets you killed, um, it, it then has you rewind it and make the other choice. That mechanic never appears in the game. Huh. So every single one of these games I've seen lies in their commercials. And, and not in a small way, in a huge way. It would be like taking Doom, the game, and showing you gameplay from Uno. And saying, this is what Doom is all about. Dealing these cards and trying to get down to one card and then trying to get down to no cards. That would be a complete and total lie. That would be absolutely 100% completely misleading. And that's what their commercials do. Uh, and that's why their name, they call it Strategy. Because they're trying to be misleading. They're trying to get you to try their game out in the hopes that you'll get hooked uh, before you realize they lied to you a lot. That's not a game. That's a scam. That's a scam. And so, uh, uh, I want to echo what Bradford Walker's saying in chat. These these game developers have learned from the casinos how to tap into that addictive behavior, that addictive nature. The Skinner box. The Skinner box. And and what really bothers me about the – you mentioned the puzzle games advertised on Facebook and Twitter where, you know, you, you have to figure out which things to move around to get to the treasure – and until until I thought about that, I didn't really realize what bothered me about those commercials. It's the same art style and animation style you find in uh, slot machines. There is oh. functionally no difference between someone spending hours and hours on Candy Crush or whatever their Facebook game or mobile game of choice is paying to do their puzzles and someone who spends all Saturday at the casino plopped in front of their, their favorite machine plunking coins in no difference. Uh, most of these games, again, leaving out Star Trek legends, which does not have any, pay-to-play features at all. Most of these games had literal, not just figurative, at one point they all had literal uh, slot machines. Wow. That popped up. With spinning wheels and everything. It used to be the sort of thing you um, see on, on a little screen at the back of the bar facing the restroom in a seedy 
part of town. <laughs> um, but again, the mechanics of the games themselves have the potential to be fun. They're just hampered by the fact that they've been twisted to drive you to spend money on the game rather than make a fun game. And every single thing they do to drive you to spend money makes the game less fun. Because once you start enjoying the game, they use your enjoyment of it and your desire to play it against you. Because they make it, there, there is always some point. In the beginning, you get instant fulfillment, and then it begins taking time. Okay, now the building takes two minutes to build instead of instantly. Okay, now the building takes five minutes to build instead of instantly. Now it's taking 15 minutes. That's time you can kind of live with. And also you're getting spammed, uh, though less and less frequently, with speed-ups. And then there's usually a point around level 10 where all of a sudden, bam, now it takes an hour and 20 minutes. Now it takes six hours. Now it takes three days to build a building. And so you just have to wait three days. Or you can spend X amount of dollars for this speed up. Or for these diamonds that you can buy a speed up with. Or whatever. Dreadful. So... Yeah. It... Well, I know what I'm going to do if I ever feel that urge to play a bunch of puzzles again. Uh, I'll recommend everybody do the same. Next time I get the urge to do those kinds of puzzles, I'm going to go out and get one of those big, thick books full of Sudoku puzzles and a pencil. And and uh, enjoy the all, way, the, there are... all the puzzles I want for a fraction of the cost. Uh, on the Apple Arcade, there are some good Sudoku uh, games. Um, there's a, uh, There are several really good puzzly games. There's one that is uh, a subway building game that its graphical style is based on the new graphics they developed for the New York subway about uh, just in the last few years, they developed, uh, someone sat down and developed an entirely new graphical style to make the New York subway maps more clear. New iconography, new line style, new line weights, new line fonts to make it more clear and, and more usable. So the developers of this game took that and made a game out of it where you know, new stations pop up and you have to figure out how to connect them on different lines. So you have different colored lines going to different stations. And if any one station gets hits their maximum overcrowding, your game ends because you failed. You're useless. Your subway system sucks and you're a failure. Um, but it's actually a really fun game to play. Uh, and it has different cities from all over the world. Uh, so, um, you know, there are several good games. And by the way, none of those pay-to-play games are on the Apple Arcade. 
I should say that. Um, they're all just on the iOS store, and I got them through recommendations. Oh, you like Star Trek Legends? Well, here, try these games. You might like those as well, because apparently people who like Star Trek Legends a lot also like these other games, because Star Trek Legends is these other games, except, you know, you don't have to spend money. So I don't know, maybe it's like addiction to pay to win Maybe it's like the methadone treatment for that. Hello? Hello. You missed me. I mean, I'm I missed done. you. You're, you're done? For, but only done. for the week, right? Done. Only for the week, yes. <laughs> My oh, goodness. Yeah, folks, it, was not, it was not technical trouble that made us miss last week. It was all John's fault. All my fault. I was on I was on vacation. I had a wonderful time, and uh, but I'm happy to be back. And um, next week, uh, what's up next week? I'll be reviewing Godzilla. I didn't last time. Did I review that last time? No. No, I don't think we did. So maybe some a couple of Godzilla movies, uh, the Nevers on. Uh, HBO Max, um, maybe Mortal Kombat if I remember to watch it. Woof! How's that sound? Does that sound like a good slate for next? It week? does. It does. I I love it when you take all those bullets for our benefit. Hey, did you know Joss Whedon did a new show? Oh, why do they let him do anything anymore? I thought he got me tooed out of the Whedon verse. It's called the Nevers. It's called the oh. Nevers, and it's on HBO Max. And it I like watched it. Comic book garbage. Oh, you're gonna tell us about it next week? It is comic book garbage. I'll give you a little preview of, of part of my review. It's the X Men in Victorian England. Oh, what a great idea! That which was is likely actually really popular nowadays. Uh, like Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Extraordinary Children. That's the X-Men, but in Victorian England. Uh, there are a couple of other ones that came out recently that are the X-Men, but in Victorian England. So, yeah, this is another X-Men, but in Victorian England. Quite literally the X-Men, but in Victorian England. I am. I'll tell you why next week. I'll tell you which X Men villains they copied. I'm looking forward to it. I want to hear all about this garbage. It's I, I nothing like a train wreck as you drive by. But uh, I'm I'm personally out of time today. I was trying to hurry this up. That's why I uh, I stopped. You stopped. But it's you okay. dropped the ball. <laughs> hey, that's why we do the show. It's a, it's a team effort. If one of us can't mess it up, the other one will t pick up the ball. But uh, it was fun getting back after my vacation. I uh, love talking with you as always. It's great to have hang everybody hanging around in the chat. I do appreciate you guys joining in and listening and uh, and talking about all this stuff. And uh, I guess I'm done for the week, but I uh, hope to hear about all that great stuff next week, next time. Daddy Warpig, take it away. Um, 
I just want to say I'm sorry I couldn't hang out with the chat today. Uh, it was either be able to read the chat or be able to listen and hear my co-host. So uh, that was YouTube Zap jumping in, trying to take over everything on my phone because YouTube sucks. Uh, I do thank everybody who came and listened live, and I uh, want to thank everybody who will listen later. Remember, you can catch our show on the Apple iTunes Store, on the Google Play Store, and on SoundCloud.com. Just do a search for Geek Gab, and you can get us any one of those places. I can even listen to my Geek Gab uh, podcast if I wanted to on my Apple TV, and that just brings me all sorts of happiness in ways I hadn't quite been able to anticipate yet. So we want to thank you folks, uh, everybody who uh, pestered us with questions about when we were going to be back and why we're going to be gone. We are back. Uh, and uh, it's a great, great, great feeling. So we are signing out for today. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will. Be back.